What's up, everybody? You are In the Numbers with Daryl Darby. In case you're not familiar with this podcast, let me tell you how this is going to work. My team and I will provide you with our in-depth analysis and observations of happenings in sports using numbers. And at the end of the show, we'll provide you with a number of the day. I got my co-host here, James, and uh, this is going to be kind of a recap of the first weekend of March Madness, man. And it, it kind of lived up to the hype. To be honest with you, at you first know, uh, it didn't, but yeah, it yeah. The first round, the first round was a little was was a little sleepy. It wasn't wasn't much happening. Uh, I guess you could say the biggest upset of the first round was what probably USC, SMU, SMU, yeah, USC over SMU, or maybe Xavier over Maryland. But the second round, things definitely got a little interesting, as James could probably tell you firsthand. Duke went down in a shocker to South Carolina, giving up sixty five points in the second half alone. Only had what twenty one in the first half. Yeah, gave up sixty five. Twenty three in the first half gave up yeah. sixty five in the second half, and also another title favorite, Villanova went down early. So definitely some shockers. James, what do you take from Duke's very upsetting loss to South Carolina? Well, this loss hurt me being a Duke fan. I don't think Kennard is as good as we thought he was, or either he's not as clutch as we thought he was in the big games. He seemed to fold. Um, even in the game we played against Troy, he only had eight points. I'm not sure how many points he had this game, but he was in foul trouble for most of the game. And I know he scored under 10 points, I think. But he just didn't step up to me. He didn't step up last year. And his Duke career is looking kind of bad. I'm expecting him to come back next year, even though they have him um, in, the stop, in the mock draft going first round. I'm expecting him to come back because I feel like he needs to have a better Duke legacy in my eyes. And I think he thinks the same thing. Um. I was I was shocked. Personally, I I did not know South Carolina was capable of scoring like that. Mm-hmm. 65 points and a half. That's that's pretty incredible. I uh, was not aware they were they had that kind of offensive firepower. But um yeah, Luke Kennard was a disappointment in my eyes. Uh, he only had 11 points, one rebound, two assists. So he did not do much offensively. Um he wasn't a big factor in the game. That, uh, Duke's leading scorer was Grayson Allen off the bench. He had 20 points. Uh, Mill Jefferson turned in a nice game. He had 14 points, 15 rebounds. But the problem was the guards of South Carolina were giving Duke's guards fits. Their guards combined for almost 52 points. Uh, Thornwell had 24, Silva had 17, and Felder had 15. So the NCAA tournament is a game of guards. And uh, and Duke's guards just did not get the job done, and that's why they are now home. I think we have good guard play, but we don't have a good we don't have a point guard. We just missing a point guard. In the first half, we was up seven, but it was full goal because we was up seven, but we had half the amount of shots that they had. Basically, pretty much they had so many shot attempts because they had so many turnovers. I mean, they they created so many turnovers. I think we shot 16 attempts only in the first half. They shot 34. So sooner or later, they're going to start to fall. And that's what happened in the second half, and it came back to bite us. Exactly, exactly. So on to the Villanova loss. We were watching that game together, and uh, Nova had much of the same problems, man. It was guard play. Ultimately, that is what wins 
college basketball championships is your guard play. It's turned into a guard league. Uh, if you look at any of the recent champions, they've had terrific guard play. So, James, what do you take from this Villanova loss? Who were who were you impressed by? If not from um, from Wisconsin, then who from Villanova? Well, obviously, I was impressed by Nigel Hayes being able to step up and hit the game-winning shot. Um, I wasn't really too high on Nigel Hayes before. He's a four-year player, and I didn't really think he was too good to me, but he really stepped up. But Bronson Koenig, I think, number 24, Bronson, yeah, he – He's been amazing even since the first round. So like he's been he's been impressing me ever since and I just love his game. Like he he's not he's fearless. He doesn't care about missing a shot. Like he's always ready to shoot the next shot and I just like that in him. So I think they're gonna be tough to beat with him and they're just a battle tested team. They've been to the final four like I think twice out of the last three years. So it's gonna be hard to get Wisconsin out. Everybody thinks Wisconsin is gonna be they did the hard work for everybody else by beating Villanova, but it's gonna be a hard test to get Villanova I mean get Wisconsin out of there. Yep, it's hard to argue with that. So the Sweet Sixteen is set. You know, we got Michigan versus Oregon, uh Gonzaga West Virginia, Purdue, Kansas, Xavier, Arizona. Arizona on day two is North Carolina, Butler, Baylor, South Carolina, UCLA versus Kentucky, and Wisconsin versus Florida. My question to you, what is something that you must know from these Sweet 16 teams? The tournament has not been kind to ACC teams, man. They started off with, I think, eight teams, and now they only have one remaining, and that's UNC. And they almost went down. They were in a very close nail-biter well, Arkansas, uh, that game really came down to that game really came down to the end, and ultimately they barely squeaked it out only because Joel Berry and Josh Jackson hit some very very gutsy shots down the stretch. Yeah, Justin Jackson. I'm sorry. And um, oh, also I think uh, the best conference so far has been the Pac-12. Uh, they went eight and one in their in the tournament, and they still have three teams left in the uh, Sweet 16. Oregon, UCLA, Arizona. Is Baylor? Can Oregon make any? Can Oregon make any real moves? Can they? Cause with with um, you know, saying there's a possibility that Kansas may go down. They're facing Michigan now. Is it a possibility we could finally see Baylor make the Final Four? Oregon, sorry, Oregon make the Final Four. Um. I think so. Of course, I'm going to say no because I, I picked Michigan to go to the Elite Eight. But <laughs> I think they have the right pieces to go. But they just don't – like you said, that guard play, they, their guard play doesn't jump out at me to get to the Final Four. Because even if they beat um, Michigan, they'll be most likely headed up against Kansas. And Kansas is a, a good team with a good coach, great guard. So I don't see them going to the Final Four. But they possibly can beat the Michigan team. They're, they're favorite over Michigan. What team would you put on upset alert? Well, it's an, I don't think it's really no many no no more upsets <laughs> from here on out. But if I had to say, I would say um, Xavier over Arizona. I like that one too. Yeah, because they've been playing really inspired. It's actually kind of weird. They they struggled at first without Edmund Sumter, but now that they seem to have found an identity without him, they're rolling. Mm-hmm. And that's typically how it happens. Once you obviously when you lose a key part of key cog in your uh, in your arsenal like Edmund Sumter, you're gonna struggle a little bit. But now it seems as though they've gotten it together, and now they're making that run, that that patented, I guess you could say, underdog run that happens almost every year. So I I would agree with that, Xavier. But uh, another team I watch out for, man. Like you said, I don't know if it's really an upset at this point, but Michigan. I I think Michigan could beat Kansas even. 
I think so too. Their offense is crazy. Like it has a lot of movement, a lot of body movement, a lot of ball movement. I love to watch the offense. Derek Walton, that's his name, I think. Yeah, Derek Walton. Derek Jr. Walton Jr. Like he's a great point guard, and they won with even without him scoring a lot of points. He shot on the twenty five percent. They got a. But good, he had a big three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Down the stretch. They got a good big man. I forgot his name. But yeah, they got a good big man down low, so they got a lot of good pieces to win. Derek Walton. DJ Wilson, those two, they can. First of all, their entire starting five can shoot. Yeah, I, I, I was. I guess you could say I was sleep on Michigan, but I wasn't. I wasn't aware that they had shooters like that. And watching them in the uh, Oklahoma State game, I kind of thought it was was a little bit of fool's gold because they hit sixteen three pointers in that game mm-hmm. and only won the game by four points. So I was thinking, of course, they're not going to hit sixteen threes again in this game against Louisville, and they didn't hit 16 threes, but they hit the big shots down the stretch. In the second half, Michigan had 45 points against Louisville, and just, what, two days earlier, Michigan had 51 in the second half um, against Oklahoma State. So, Oh, their big man name is Moritz Wagner. Yeah, Moritz Moritz Wagner. Wagner. He went, yeah, he went crazy in the Louisville game. He went for 25 and 11, and then he only missed three shots, 11 for 14. So, yeah, he had a great game, man. If him and Derek Walken could get going in the same game, anything could happen. All right, so how's your bracket looking now, man? You know, you're a Duke fan, so we're assuming this a little busted, but what what do you need to happen to kind of bring your bracket back into play? I need... Um, I need Michigan, obviously, to beat Oregon. And I need um, West Virginia to upset Gonzaga, if you consider that an upset. But I need West Virginia to beat Gonzaga as well. And um, from there, I just need everything else to pretty much play out as is, saying that the other, the higher seed beats the lower seed, except for UCLA beating Kentucky. But, then, but pretty much my bracket is pretty much fried because they do <laughs> lost <laughs> in the second round. So My bracket is a little a little busted. Um, I... I had Duke in my national championship game, so obviously that that hurts. That hurts a little bit. But my bracket's not completely done. Um, I still have 12 Sweet 16 teams, and I still have five Elite 8 teams, and I have three of my four Final Four. And then, like I said, I lost Duke, who was in the championship game. So the Duke loss hurt me a bit. But I just need, I need UCLA to lose. I need Gonzaga to lose. And I need Oregon to lose, and and then I feel like I'll be able to take this, this in the numbers, this group. Uh, obviously, North Carolina cannot lose. If they lose, that would essentially end my hopes. Uh, my goal is to finish in the top 90th percentile, though. Yeah, I'm at 79 percent right now. Like you said, I, I got 10 Sweet 16 teams. I got six out of the Elite Eight teams. So what you need is a lot of upsets. Yeah, we I were need- talking about this earlier. You need like a Michigan or an Xavier or Maybe even in Oregon, but mm-hmm. someone in our group has Oregon going to the final but four. But Xavier won't even work for me because I got Arizona in the final four. Oh, yep. So, so, so you you need some <laughs> you need some miracles <laughs> need, to yeah, happen. Some magic, some magic. You need that. You know what you need? You need a Wisconsin to win because you lost your your oh, champion yeah, from that you're area. Right, you're right. So if Miss, if Wisconsin can can somehow pull off a miracle run, then maybe you'll be back in the running. But for right now, James is on the sideline, and you know. <laughs> He was, and I think this is all payback because he was texting me all weekend, talking about how he was the goat, especially, <laughs> <laughs> especially after he picked that Michigan Louisville game. He boy, just, that he Wichita was game, it, boy. He was feeling himself after that I one. I picked Wichita to beat Kentucky too, and that was, hey, it was the nail biter. He was close, man. You sound a lot like Keith. Keith was close, but 
boy, when them upsets don't go your way, that bracket start looking real ugly. Yeah, it does. That, that bracket start looking real ugly. Them numbers start dipping really, really low. But moving on, uh, who would you say is your tournament MVP through these first two rounds? Um, I had to give it to probably Lonzo Ball. He's had two great games. Yeah, he had, he's Especially had, this game against Cincinnati, man. He's had two great games, and then considering the fact that, you know, it's been a lot of talk around him with his dad, talking him up and saying how he's better than Steph and how great he is. And for him to be able to handle all that and being a freshman at UCLA and to go into the tournament and put up two impressive games and then a, a good impressive win against Cincinnati, I, I like that about him. And I think he's been the best player in the tournament so far. Um, I'm going to go with I'm gonna go with, with Derek Walton. He did have a tough game against um, Louisville, but he was superb in the first game. He had, I think he had 24 points against Oklahoma State, and he was drilling threes left and right. He struggled early against Louisville. He was two for seven going down the stretch, or he was one for seven going down the, or one for six going down the stretch. He had a huge, huge three that put, took him from up two to up five and essentially stole any possible um, momentum that Louisville was building. But um, that's gonna, that's my tournament MVP early. Let me ask you a question. Since we're talking about the best player in the tournament, do you think that since being Markel Fultz is not in the tournament, do you think that like players that are great but are not in the tournament, do you think that that hurts their stock, like how it does, like you know Ben Simmons, you know? No, for, I don't. You don't think so? Mm-mm, I don't think so. Simply because I don't, I don't think these NBA GMs put too much worth into the NCAA tournament because you don't have to be a great team to win it and you don't even have to really be a great team to get in it you just have to be hot at the right time and win your conference tournament or you have to win a game or two and we haven't seen Ben Simmons play yet but for the most part everyone believes he's still going to be great and you see last year there were players that had great tournaments and Ben Simmons was still for most part the consensus number one pick you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so I don't I don't I don't think that Markel Fultz not playing is going to hurt his stock. He's going to be a great player in the NBA. Everyone knows he has a skill set. He averaged 25 points, six, three, six assists, and like four rebounds this season. So that still isn't to be deterred or isn't to be confused for anything. So I do. I don't. I don't really think it hurts. Do you? No, I'm. I'm with you. I. I. I think that GMs that put too much into the tournament and college basketball, like if you break out, I think GMs kind of put that too much into that, i.e. Uh, Jimmer for dead and even Buddy Buddy Hill to a certain extent. I'm not too high on Buddy Hill, but... But Buddy Hill had a good season. But he yeah, but I think... the player of the year conversation. But even players like Jimmer for dead and, you know, I think people bought, buying too too much into that Steph Curry hype. Like, I felt like Steph Curry started a trend that, you know, if you break out somewhere and then you start doing amazing in the tournament and doing amazing through your season, that you're going to be this certain breakout star that nobody's seen coming. But that's not always true. And I feel like some GMs get caught up into that. Very possible. So, all right, before we get to the number of the day and move towards the end of the show, who do you have moving on to Phoenix from each region? Each region. Um, well, now I got to go with UNC. They look like the most complete team from top to bottom to me. I got to go with Kansas. They have the they have the experience with their guards, Bill Self, and they have potentially a break a star well a star in Josh Jackson in my eyes. And I'm going to go with Arizona. I like their defense approach, and I like the big man they have in Tarkenton. He's a lottery pick, so those are my – oh, and my fourth team. I'm thinking about Duke so much. <laughs> <laughs> and His my, heart's still broken, y'all. <laughs> y'all got to forgive him. 
And my fourth team, man, this is tough. Now, I ain't going to lie. This is a hard one. Wisconsin or Florida or Baylor or South Carolina? That is hard. I'm going to have to go with uh, – I'm going to just go with Wisconsin because they're just a more battle-tested team. But that that is a hard one, though. I, I want you to say this sentence for me and see how it sounds coming off your tongue. South Carolina can be in the Final Four. I know, right? What? What? Like, at the beginning of the year, that would have never crossed anyone's mind. And I'm one of those fans, when you beat my team, I want <laughs> like I want you to lose. Like, I heard they put out a tweet about something, like about Duke fans. Like, oh, <laughs> Did DukeWin.com? Yeah, like, come on, now, you do stuff like that, now I want you to lose. Now, so. Nah, but see, I'm the opposite. When, when you beat my team, I want you to win. So I could be like, yeah, well, we lost to the champion. True, so, true. And the only reason we lost is because they was a champion, and that means if we would have yeah. won, we would have been the champion. Mm-hmm. End of discussion. That's it. I like that approach. <laughs> but they trolling now. I don't like that. I don't I don't like that. They they didn't take their win like, with humility, yeah. huh? Like if you beat me, you know, just beat me. Go <laughs> go about your day. You ain't gotta brag about it. You don't gotta troll, huh? Yeah, you ain't especially troll. not the blue blood and not Duke. Can't that's do it with Coach K. Yeah. Hey, but but that's how I won't say that's how how um oh I can't Frank Martin is, but he's just he's that hard nosed coach. I feel like he yeah. he kind of encourages it. I feel I don't I, know personally. I don't have any sources in the South Carolina program, but. I wouldn't be surprised if he was the one <laughs> telling people to do yeah, it. Or he's a little adding fuel to the fire. He's a little on the edge. I'd be scared to play for him. But um, all right, my final four prediction. I'm just because everyone loves a good underdog story. I'm gonna go South Carolina. Baylor has always been lackluster to me. They haven't yeah, beat anybody too. yet. They yeah. beat USC and they beat New Mexico State. And I'm so I'm gonna go uh, South Carolina. And then I'm gonna go from the West region. I wanna see I wanna see Xavier. You mm. see, I'm someone I personally don't care too much about a bracket. You know what I'm saying? Mm. If I win, I win. I just like to see the excitement. Yeah. I like to see some stories. I like to see storylines unfold. So I'm gonna go South Carolina, Xavier. And on the other side, I'm actually gonna go chalk. I'm gonna go Kansas and UNC. Mm. So I'm gonna go so in um coming from the east, I have South Carolina, from the west, Xavier, and from the Midwest, Kansas, and from the south, UNC. And then from there, I think UNC beats Kansas. Believe it or not, South Carolina will be in the national championship game. <laughs> I cannot see that. Bro, happening. that's crazy to think. The basketball think. gods like, won't allow it. You don't think they'll allow it? The a South Carolina, North Carolina? The basketball gods will not allow it. Wow, that's crazy, though. Like they, It's not asinine to think South Carolina can get to the national championship but game. But think about it. Do you, you don't think that that game against Duke was like a little fool's goal? They 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 really they shot seventy one percent in the second half. Come on now, seventy one percent, bro, and they won by seven. Hey, Michigan, what shot eleven of they thirteen showed, for three in the second half and won by four. But they showed they can switch it up though too. So, I mean, hey, when you got good guard, you already know what I'm gonna say. Yeah, yeah, when yeah, you yeah, have yeah, good yeah. guards, right. they have two legitimate guards. You're right. When you have that in the NCAA tournament, it can take you very far. You're right. You're right. And that's that's just that's what it is. That is what cannot be denied. So hey, it is what it is, man. But if they make it that far, I mean, you just got to give it to them. They, if they make it to the national championship, then you just got to <laughs> – they slipped under everybody's eyes. There's no one that said South Carolina was going to be in the national championship before the season started. So if this happens, then they just surprised everyone. You're right, man. You're right. I'm trying to think. When's the last uh, championship? Like, every, someone made it, and it was just surprising to everybody. UConn in 2014. Uh, yeah, you're right. They were a seven. Oh no, nah, Kentucky bro. too, though. Yeah, that was UConn that year, versus Kentucky. Oh yeah, that was a surprise. Seven versus eight. Yeah, it was the highest ever 
uh, seed combination in a national championship. But y'all was probably more surprising than them because they were slated Yeah, they high. were good. Yeah. yeah, they were slated high early, but they just couldn't get it together. Yeah, they were a good team that just never got it together until the tournament. Mm-hmm. And we were, guess what? We we were a team that had one elite guard. And he took Two. us to a championship. I like Boatwright. I just I like, wouldn't say I, yeah, he's a good guard, but yeah. I would I don't know if I would consider him elite. College basketball, he's kind of like elite. If you get what I'm saying, you know how there's college there's players that work out in college, but they just never translate yeah, to yeah. the NBA. So real quick, I know we said we we're gonna hit the number today soon, but what do you think? And now I understand there's probably some runs from the 70s and 80s, but excuse James and I for being 90s babies. Since the 2000s, what do you think has been the greatest tournament run you've seen? And didn't have to culminate in a national championship, but just the best underdog story you've seen. Uh, I would have to go with the Kimball Walker tournament. Oh, I thought you were going to say George Mason. I was going to cry because UConn was number one that year. We were supposed to win that championship, by the way. But <laughs> what were you saying, the Kimball Walker one? Ah, man, it's tough. It's out of that Kimball Walker one and maybe the Duke one with Winslow's team. I like that one too, but oh. I, I got to go with <laughs> <laughs> I had to throw Duke in there. Duke I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But now I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Kemba Walker one, man. That that was magical. I remember him when they played that Pittsburgh game when he dropped the big guy with the dreads and you know the crossover step back that he still does to this day. Hit the game winner, man. I was like, this dude is sick. And then they made it all the way to the championship and won. I was like, man, that's crazy for the short guard to be able to like carry the team on his back and get them all the way to the national championship. That was just crazy for me to see. So I'm gonna have to go with UConn. All right. Mine will probably be 2014 UConn, just because we literally were 10 seconds away from losing in the first round to St. Joe's mm-hmm. and to upset Villanova in the second round. And then we beat Iowa State in the Sweet 16. And then Arizona in the Elite Eight. And then we beat Florida, who was on a 25-game winning streak in the Final Four. And then to take down the big bad freshman and John Calipari in the championship, it was just – it was unmatched to me. I just I love that. I like that team too. That they they really like struck me because I like like short defensive minded guards and Boatwright and Napier really got after it. So definitely. And they were the ones who originally said they were like because uh, you remember that was the year with uh, the Harrison twins and they were tall guards. Yeah, and yeah. Boatwright and Napier both said they like playing tall guards because they get up under them and they pick your pocket, and that just speaks to their defensive prowess. But all right, man, we're moving on to number of the day. You ready over there, James? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to start it off. Um, my number today is point six. What does that stand for? Point six is the amount of brackets that have South Carolina in the Final Four, man. Point six. And then point four is the amount that have them winning the national championship. And I want to see it. I'm all for it. I'm a game cop. I'm going to go get me a T-shirt, bro. I'm going to go get me a T-shirt and a hat. And we'll <laughs> Man, really on the South I'm going to be like Steve Spurrier. I want to see them win. I want to see a, a – like South Carolina. Like who – like I wonder what the betting odds were on them. The so first. <laughs> so I bet low. if you put like $5 on South Carolina to win back in August, your five would probably legitimately turn into what? Probably like 50000 $50, Wow, I'm gonna get that and I'm gonna tweet it. Make sure y'all go follow the page on Twitter. I'm gonna I'm gonna have that stat to y'all by the end of the day. What was South Carolina's odds on the national championship? I know we getting kind of ahead of ourselves. This is only the Sweet Sixteen, but they're only what three games? They're only three wins away. As crazy as it may sound. All right, my number of the day is four. Four. Is that how many teams make the Final Four? <laughs> well, that's obvious, but no, that's how many consecutive years it's been winning. <laughs> 
four teams make the final four. No, that's how many consecutive years it's been when there hasn't been a 12 through 16 seed in the Sweet 16. So there has been no major upsets in the last four years that has resulted in a team getting in the Sweet 16. So next year, when I fill out my bracket, I will not pick a a 12 (laughs) or 11 or 10 to get to the Sweet 16 or none of that. But 11, 11 has gotten there. Oh, Xavier, but yeah, I know I said twelve through sixteen. I was just throwing eleven and ten. Okay, and VCU, no, that was that was two thousand eleven. So that was okay. That was five years ago, or six years ago. But all right, I got you, got you. But all right, that's gonna do it for our show today. Make sure y'all go follow on Twitter in the numbers I N T H the number three numbers. You can check us out on SoundCloud and on um, the podcast section of iTunes. In the numbers, I-N-T-H, the number three number. For James and Daryl, be easy.